the benefits to adopting this technology, even at this point, already greatly outweigh the costs to deploy it. Not in every environment, but in, let's say, 70% of the environments out there. Welcome to The Manufacturing Show, a podcast for industry professionals who never stop learning. We'll share specific strategies, tools, and insights to help take your career and business to the next level. Let's get into the show. This is Todd Hockenberry, co-host of The Manufacturing Show podcast. I'm excited today to have uh, the CEO of Tactile, Dirk Scow, and uh, he's our guest today. And Tactile is a provider of workforce enablement software that works for uh, XR solutions. Tactile builds spatial computing solutions for Microsoft HoloLens and new mixed reality devices. Their solutions are platform open and cross-device enabled for desktop, mobile, Magic Leap, and VR devices. And uh, we're going to get into all that stuff today. Welcome to the show, Dirk. Thanks, Todd. Nice to be here. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's, let's jump right in. We're, um, um, we're in a strange time as we record this here in, in March of 2020. And um, I want to talk to you about kind of capturing knowledge. I know this is a big part of what, what you do and why that's kind of so critical to industrial and manufacturing com- companies today. Sure. Um, just to sort of summarize uh, what knowledge capture means uh, from an industrial perspective, Using the new breed of head-mounted computers and mobile devices and higher throughput networks and cloud capabilities, it's, it's becoming easier and easier to capture information from frontline workers who are doing tasks that maybe they do fairly infrequently or that are difficult to help train other folks. And The whole goal in the capturing of that knowledge is the ability to represent that to another worker to basically enable them to operate or perform a task as if they were an expert. And and really, this is contrasted against training. So training is about teaching people how to do things. And with the new technology that's available today, it really changes the way that you think about training because in in the end training is about operational continuity and capability and it's not necessarily about the pure act of training what you're going for is you're going for a continual flexible elastic environment where you never have downtime and whenever you need expertise you can access it immediately and that's uh, a bit probably to unpack, but that's really the the summary of, of what it is that we are focused on. Well, let's unpack all that. There's a lot there, I, I think. So let's start at the beginning, right? If um, you talked about representing or representing things versus training. So again, I don't think anybody really likes training, but we all like to learn, right? Is So, so talk about how the tools you're using can accelerate or or deepen worker knowledge so that it's, and you mentioned knowledge transfer in there as well. So talk a little bit about how that specifically that happens. Sure. So imagine uh, we've all seen the movies, uh, Iron Man, uh, Minority Report is a really good example of a movie. The real world is occasionally influenced by entertainment and and vice versa, right? And it, in fact, a lot of the technology, the VR technology that we uh, that we see today, that's something that people are familiar with, right? Strapping a, 
strapping a headset to your head and being immersed in a different world. Well, augmented reality is when you have the ability to visualize digital artifacts in your environment. And the first thing that people tend to think about when they think about any of these technologies is, is a consumer experience. And that's maybe gaming or that's I'm walking down the street and I want to find directions or whatever. But the real compelling use cases for augmented reality, the overlay of digital artifacts on the real world is in the enterprise or in the frontline worker, the person that uses their hands. And, and if you really break it down, a frontline worker is not just an industrial worker. It's anyone from a waiter or a waitress to a surgeon. These are people that all use their hands to do things. Now, our particular focus is on industrial applications. So heavy industry, oil and gas, DOD, utilities, manufacturing. These are all areas that we focus on and manufacturing being, I would say, at least on par, if not the most rapid adopter of this technology. And, and so what you have with an augmented reality step process capturing tool like Manifest is you make it very, very easy for, and Manifest is the name of, of Tactile's core product. You make it very, very easy for a subject matter expert. So someone who's been on the job for 10 years to go into an environment, maybe these people are not people that sit in front of a computer all day, and in all likelihood they're not. They, they use their hands, they use their knowledge to perform tasks, but our tool and tools like ours enable uh, frontline workers to very easily create steps in the real world. So maybe it's a 10 step process to turn this piece of equipment on, or it's a 30 step process to do some sort of a repair to a piece of equipment, that expert can place step one, step two, step three in the real world so that when the next person comes in, either putting on a headset or maybe they're using a phone or an iPad, they can hold that up to that same piece of equipment and those step markers will appear in exactly the same location that the author placed them, whether or not that is the same exact piece of equipment that was authored on, or if it's the same piece of equipment, but in a different part of the world. So it allows an operator to follow along a guided, well-authored set of steps that an expert has created over a piece of equipment or a facility in order to do that task. And getting back to your original point around training and how although no one likes training, we like to learn. The fact is, is that with a, a well-authored tool in place, let's say, let's say on the low end, 75% of these jobs that's, that people do in an industrial setting, these are like, turn this knob, pull this dial, you know, turn this dial, pull, pull this lever, turn this knob, et cetera, et cetera. Like, these are things that you just have to know how to do them in, in order. You have to know what you're looking for, like a, a reading from an IoT sensor or something like that. But as long as it's not a skill like, oh, I'm a Japanese master carpenter and I need to know how to use this, th this thing to take off, a, you know, a, a micro 
uh, millimeter of, of, of wood or something. If, if you're in an industrial environment with big equipment, if you have these step processes presented to you in a well enough manner, then you actually don't need training, right? You can just go into an environment and know how to operate this piece of equipment. That makes you, if you know how to use an augmented reality headset or tool like Manifest, that makes you very valuable to an organization because you can go anywhere in the organization, maybe given some, some boundaries, and operate every piece of equipment, even if you've never seen it before. I think I need one of those for my house, Dirk. My, my wife is constantly doing stuff with Alexa, and I can never figure out what the heck's going on. I need one of these to tell me how to you know, run Alexa for my house. The first, um, the, the first thing that people uh, think about when they hear this from a personal perspective is how do I assemble my Ikea furniture with this? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So let, let, let's go through a really concrete example. So you, you talked about manufacturing and service or, or um, uh, people that work with their hands. Can you give us a specific example of a kind of before and after situation where somebody was having these issues here and then they, they use these types of systems and went to there? Sure. So we work, uh, one of our customers is a window manufacturer in Florida that makes, specifically they make windows that are designed to withstand flying objects because of hurricanes. I think they, like you could have, I think these windows will withstand a fence post flying at them at something like 100 miles an hour. I mean, they'll shatter and everything, but but it's sort of like a car window with a, a little bit more of a, a residential area. So this is an environment where on the very first day when we went to implement the solution, it went from taking them a little over two hours to do this process of filling this piece of equipment that places the places the film over the over the the glass that that makes them a good piece of equipment in a hurricane it, they went from a, an untrained person needing a little bit more than two hours to do this process down to an untrained person needing a half an hour to do this process that's that's an example of the gains that you can expect it and what, and the reason that you're able to do it faster is because you're not making mistakes along the way. Right. And the thing that I, uh, that I like to talk about as far as our customers, they're, they're, they're the type of customers that they tend to be large customers. We work with large manufacturers. We, we do have a number of small manufacturers, actually this, this, this uh, window company being one of them and a number of companies up here in, in the Pacific Northwest. But you have to look at the consequences of not deploying operational capability wherever and whenever you need it. Like if, if someone does something incorrectly, do they get injured? Do they die? Does it break a multi-million dollar piece of equipment? Um, you know, in an oil and gas environment, you know, what are those ramifications, right? There's, these are consequence laden environments. And if you can do anything to increase capability, reduce risk, and at the same time, sort of increase capacity or, or increase performance, then this is just a, it's, it's a game changer. And that's the way that our customers are seeing our technology. 
So you said um, where there's consequence high environments. What other situations or or questions people ask or situations come up where this would be an ideal thing for a business owner, manufacturing company, industrial company to think about? I sort of downplay training, but when you think about how people use equipment, so imagine that I am a manufacturer of, um, we have a, a, another customer up here in the Puget Sound area that, that manufactures sort of swift boats for a lot of um, coast guards and, and military from around the world. Well, this is an, in, you know, these are multi-million dollar, six to $10 million boats that are very complicated that they ship all over the world. Well, what if you can ship that boat with a headset that allows someone to put the headset on and, and walk around the boat and have it overlay instructions either from an operational perspective or from a maintenance perspective? You know, this changes this idea that you have to have a printed manual. Now, I, I, these are you're always going to have to have like – you know, worst case scenario environments, break the seal, open the manual, that sort of thing. But if you're trying to, in in everyday circumstances and, and hopefully in 100% of circumstances, if the, if the uh, technology has been implemented correctly, if you can just put on a headset and just know how to operate this thing, that, that one, that enables you, as we talked earlier, to, to sort of like have a great amount of flexibility in the types of equipment that you can operate. But even if you're using this from a training perspective, like how much quicker is this in order for you to like just see this than it would be for you to try to find the right page, maybe get on the horn with, with support, that sort of thing. Using our solution and others, you can actually call the manufacturer as a user. I can call the manufacturer and say, hey, I'm trying to operate this piece of equipment can you see can you see what i'm seeing and tell me what i'm doing wrong right so that ability to connect remotely to experts also sort of enhances the capability i mean the 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 way that i like to talk about what this technology is is for for frontline workers or users is this is this is digital transformation in the way that knowledge workers had digital transformation when they started using laptops and desktops and they started using Microsoft Office and Outlook, right? Frontline workers or people that are out there in the field, they've never had the advantage of digital transformation. For them, digital transformation is a PDF on an iPad, you know? I mean, that's great. That's maybe that's flexible and that's a step in the right direction. But when you think about the ability for digital artifacts to understand your environment because a lot of these headsets out there the magic leap uh, one headset the hololens these things are spatial computers that you wear on your head they have sensors that sense the outside environment you don't have to do any programming for that they do this they do this all by themselves and they allow you to interact with that world in a very spatial way so if if the next step is hey, pull this handle forward, it will put a marker directly on that handle and it'll show you what to do, right? So I think I went down a bit of a rat hole there, but but it's a big, it's a big topic with big, big ramifications. 
So say I make a piece of capital equipment and it costs a million dollars and I ship it and I send a, a headset with it. And, and instead of having to say, here's how you start this machine up, here's the manual, or maybe even a video that they watch and then they go and they look back and forth. You're saying they could put the headset on, run through the whole setup operation. They could use it for, um, like you say, preventive maintenance or, or troubleshooting. And, um, so again, I, I see that being a huge issue because right now, obviously, when we're thinking about doing less travel and being less face-to-face, remote work, this sounds like a very being able to bring you very close to your customer without actually being there physically. Absolutely. In, in a well-authored set of step processes using a tool like what we, uh, like what we design and sell, an expert captures their knowledge and that knowledge becomes available to anyone with, you know, the right credentials looking in front of this piece of equipment whenever they need it. So it allows someone to go through that. That means also that they can, they can go through these step processes as often as possible to understand what it is that they're doing. And as the expert sort of captures their knowledge and makes it available to these other operators or workers, you are starting to create a library or a knowledge base around an entire set of processes that has never been available before, right? The, like, what is the sort of digital twin or the digital soul on the front line of your environment? And you can imagine once you start capturing knowledge in a large enough manner, like there are great strides being taken in AI right now and, and sort of machine learning, all, all sorts of brand new technologies that sound very sci-fi, but are, that are starting to sort of come online. You're going to have repositories of information that, that you will be able to then analyze in a different manner sort of in the future. Now, on the other side of that, as an operator, in a well-organized or a well-designed piece of equipment. As a manufacturer, when you have operators using this piece of equipment, you can also provide them sort of feedback on how they have been doing in their job. You can time them. You can compel them to capture evidence that they've done a job correctly, um, like before and after, or have them capture a video of themselves actually doing this job, all in a hands-free mode. And this allows you to provide feedback to your employees, but it also allows you to capture information about when maintenance work has been done for things like insurance and for audit trails Mm -hmm. in the event of some sort of an accident, right? You can say, listen, we know that we repaired this piece of equipment correctly, Let's go back and look at the record. And in fact, you can prove that it was done correctly. Or you can say, hey, you know what? We know this job took takes a minute to do this one part of this job. And this person only spent 10 seconds on it. You know, they just skipped over it, right? So, so again, this starts to give this, the best term to describe this is digital transformation, right? Excellent. Excellent. So let let me ask you a really practical question. Two barriers that I can see potentially or or our listeners asking about, okay, how long would it take to implement a a process or a project like this? And then just in the ballpark, what's it cost? It it sounds like this should be, this is 
it could be very expensive, right? I, I, I'm not asking for a specific price number, but I'd, I'd like, I'd like to get our listeners in the ballpark of what a, you know, say you had a piece of equipment and you were doing this kind of preventive maintenance type of a, of a, of a program around it. What, what, you know, how long would that take to do and, and kind of ballpark? What would it, what would it cost somebody to do that? Sure. So um, again, I will come from my perspective, which is a knowledge of our system and how, how long it takes. I can't, um, I can't talk about other solutions, but, but our solution, we were very, um, very careful to focus on ease of use for the author because the, it all starts with the, the process of creating content, by the way, this is also one of the biggest fears that, that people have. Anyone that has spent any time around VR knows that, in order to create VR content, you need a software engineer. You need someone who knows how to use a tool like Unity or some sort of a game programming environment. You, you, you have to have someone that knows how to sit at a computer and create a, cre- create a virtual world. Well, with our solution, we specifically made that content creation component very, very easy to do for a non-technical person. So we can actually train someone in about, let's say half an hour to an hour as to how to start creating step processes. So this is, hey, I'm standing in front of this piece of equipment. I wanna put step one here, step two here. I wanna take a video, I wanna take a photo. I wanna bring in a manual. I I wanna use a hologram here that sort of thing. These are all things that we make it very, very easy for the frontline worker to do. So for, for in our deployment, the way that it happens, we work with the customer. We tend to go out and do a lot of, of um, sales engagements where we show how this equipment is used because you can't, it's very, very difficult just to describe w- w- what it is. You have to see it to understand what, what it is. But uh, once we have engaged with the customer and they bought our solution, it's a one-step cloud deployment in the most typical environment. There's a number of other ways that you can deploy this if you need to have high security, that sort of thing, but that's sort of a a deeper topic. But let's assume this is a standard manufacturer and they're going to use our cloud solution. It's a one-button push to deploy, enter the, the email address of the person who's going to administer it on the customer side. They get the email to log in and create a password, and then that person will distribute user licenses internally. Like, okay, this, this is all standard IT stuff, very easy. But that person, once the, once the subject matter expert gets that license for them to to start creating content without question is less than a half of a day, right? To, to deploy this on mass, you have to consider how you bring new hardware into an environment. The good thing about uh, the industrial space is that everyone's walking around with safety glasses anyways. So people get the idea of putting something on your head. Now the, the current technology, maybe it's not exactly ideal for all environments, but eventually it will be. And when I say eventually, we're talking within the next five years, right? So how easy is it to deploy, right? It is a day to deploy, let's say, to get to full deployment, you know, you're talking training and deployment of of licenses and all that, you know, 
this is change management, right? Depending on how deep you go, this is going to change the way that you do things. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point of this, right? To do things in a better way. From a cost perspective, I mean, the great thing about software these days is that, you know, the price continues to go down. I mean, this is a SaaS product. It's software as a service. You pay based on the number of users on a monthly basis, right? Uh, it can vary from, you know, solutions like this can vary from $50 a month to $600 a month per user, depending on what their role is and what the implementation is. Not all solutions are licensed uh, as a SaaS product, but ours are. Uh, the hardware is still a little bit on the pricey side, but typically our customers will use a combination of headsets and then mobile devices. So maybe you just want to hold your phone up to a piece of equipment and have those step processes sort of called out for you because you, you just have to do a quick down and dirty process once and, and move on. The headsets right now run anywhere from, you know, $1,500 to $3,500, right? So, but I mean, the message that I would give your listeners is that the benefits to adopting this technology, even at this point, already greatly outweigh the costs to deploy it. Not not in every environment, but in, let's say, 70% of the environments out there. Well, that's impressive. That's a lot lower barrier to entry than I thought. So that's, that's good. Thank you for going through that, Dirk. Any final thoughts you have about kind of where we are today and, and um, what our audience should be thinking about moving forward? I mean, this technology is, I mean, it's an overused maxim, but this is not an if, it's a when. If you look at the influences in the technology ecosystem right now, because this is a technology solution, right? You have to you have to look at what's being driven there. The, the chipsets to enable this sort of technology, they have to be small, they have to be powerful, they have to support wireless. Hopefully they support 5G as well, or, or cell connection. Qualcomm is the leader in this space. They uh, just released a new chipset that is uh, that is really designed for these head-mounted computers. I'm sure they're producing these chips in the millions right now. You look at the carriers, the carriers are, are all upgrading their network from LTE to 5G. And the reason is, is because, you know, we are becoming much greater consumers of media and rich content. And this sort of solution is no exception, right? You can imagine, okay, if I'm standing in front of a piece of equipment and I'm downloading a three-minute video on a headset, how long is that going to take? Or am I downloading a hologram? Who knows how big that is, right? So technologies like 5G are really enabling this. And finally, the cloud is enabling this as well. I can author a step process here in Seattle, push a button and immediately have it available to someone in Hong Kong, right? Or if I want to enable a, a remote expert session, I need to make sure that the, lat the latency is low and the bandwidth is high so that I fully understand what, what they're saying, they fully understand what I'm asking, that sort of thing. So all of these technologies are conspiring that this this supply chain is conspiring to push this technology forward make it easier cheaper more accessible safer faster everything that that you need as you know as a small business owner to ensure that you're not just you know flushing money down the toilet 
Dirk, thank you very much for being on the show. I think this is a timely episode and, and a, a timely discussion. Uh, how can people find you? Well, our company is Tactile. That's uh, Tactile with a Q. So www.taqtile.com. Sales at tactile.com works as well. Excellent. Excellent. I'll make sure those get into our show notes. And, and Dirk, thank you very much for being on the show today. Todd, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Again, this is Todd Hockenberry, co-host of the Manufacturing Show podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, check us out on iTunes and please give us a review. It helps us uh, promote the show to more people. If there's any audience members uh, who's listening today that would know somebody that would be a great guest or a topic you'd like us to cover, please reach out to us through the website. We'd love to do it. Thanks, everybody. Do you want sustainable and predictable revenue growth for your business? Learn how to make your marketing and sales more effective with top-line results at top-line-results.com. Thanks for listening to the Industrial and Manufacturing Podcast from Sweetfish Media. Whether it's at the office or at home, here's to getting better every single day. Let's never stop learning.